Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Danny Levine. Or is it Levin? It's Levin! Uh it's actually Levin. I'm not quite, Levin. I haven't risen yet enough to be Levin, but okay, that's okay. Levin. You can call me any of those. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Well, okay. Danny, whoever you are, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Every, a lot of times people call me Danny Levin, and I say I know I'm actually unleavened because I haven't risen yet to my true potential. Oh, very clever. Very clever. Well, <laughs> Whoever you are, we're going to let our audience know a little bit more about you. So Daniel Levin actually walked away from an opportunity to run a business that was a household name in order to hitchhike around the world and find happiness and inner peace. Now, the people he met along his journey actually remind him a lot of the characters that he talks about in his book, The Mosaic. Now, for most of his life, he always felt different. He saw things others didn't see. He thought in ways that were unlike the ways of his peers. It, it actually made him feel alone and isolated. And even though he knew how to play the game and interact with others well, he never felt he was the same as them. Now, this all changed when he started to work with government and corporations seeking innovation because suddenly it was his ability to see differently that made him a sought-out commodity. Now, he is actually a, a connectivity expert and a business leader. He works with government organizations, corporations, and businesses to improve how people treat themselves and each other by sharing a message of unification. He is a sought-after speaker for groups who focus on problem-solving and conflict resolution. Danny, do me a quick favor. Just take a minute and, and help us understand how you got started doing the work that you do. Ken, um, great, great to be here with you, first of all, and thank you for this opportunity. I think any great work for any great, in, any individual, and I'm not, I'm not saying mine is a great work, but it's great when we do what our purpose is. Mm -hmm. it, it's not that we find it, it's more that it finds you. And in even reading your story a little bit, I found that we share that in common. Yeah. That what we do came to us in spite of ourselves almost, right? <laughs> and so uh, this whole idea of, of the world that we live in now being more and more and more disconnected, where people are living in silos and strengthening their silos, but the gap between those silos is getting larger and larger and deeper and wider. And it came to the point where just somehow and I'm not that person I don't know how in the world it got given to me that it was asked how do we connect these people back how do we connect the sides how do we how do we deconstruct the silos mm -hmm. 
so that we live not in protected, safe environments, but that we live in open environments where we listen to each other, where we speak to each other without anger, where we listen to each other without judgment and come together again as one people. In the United States, that would be as the United States of America, not the divided states of America. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and how do we find in our relationship, our loved ones, in our businesses, in our government, in our church groups, how do we allow each other the freedom to speak what they need to speak, not angrily, but lovingly, and to listen to what they say without judgment, but with respect. Seems simple, doesn't it? Yeah, but obviously a bigger challenge than, than it seems like. And, you know, it's, it's great, like you said, I mean, obviously there's a timing going on, all these things that are coming together to bring this information forward. And so much of what I heard when I, when I first heard of your work and, and, and the message that you're sharing it's kind of a foundational piece of partnership. Yeah, of course. And if I could even deconstruct that a little bit, mm -hmm. the, th this idea of a mosaic has been so overwhelming to me. When I, I sat to write this book, I really thought it would take two or three months just to tell a cute little story, a fable. Uh, but the more I wrote, the more the mosaic unwrote what I was writing and wanted me to write something entirely different. And it took me three years to write it. Mm. Um, what seems to happen is when we think about connection, well, let me, let's try it. Let me, let me not anticipate it. Ken, when you think about connection, what do you think about connection to? Uh, each other. Okay which is what I would say 90% of the world thinks. And what I would like to do is try and reframe some of that a little bit because what the mosaic has brought to me in its beautiful way is the connection to each other is the fourth step connection process. The first step is connection to ourselves. We have to get a sense of who this self is. We have to get a sense of, of who, this, who this person is that is entering into relationship with anything. And once we get a sense of that, then we have to get a sense of our connection to something bigger than us. I call it source. Some people call it God. Some people don't want to call it anything. But there's some sort of force that's bigger than all of us. And, and when we connect to that, we realize there's something bigger than us that's running through our, our being and our and through our world. And then what happens is we get the sense of connecting to our purpose. And when we're connected to ourself and our source and the reason why we're here, imagine for a moment, Ken, if we were brought here with the thought that what we're, we've come here to do has never been done before. Because if it had been done before, there'd be really no reason for us to reproduce it. So from the beginning of time until this moment, what we're being asked to do has never been done before. And imagine now with me for a moment if from this moment till the end of time, no one else will be asked to do what we're, we've been brought here to do because we'll have achieved it. 
wouldn't it make sense that that moment of time, which is our purpose here, would be vitally important? Sure. And so when we connect ourselves, when we connect to that source, when we connect to that purpose, then can you imagine the connection we have to other people? Because we draw out of them the same type of thing. We draw out of our, of our partners, of our business associates, of our, of our friends. We create purposeful, loving, open relationships that allow us to experience something greater than we've ever could even imagine. For fear of talking forever, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I love where you're going with this because, I mean, what's interesting is my other answer that I would have given you that I, I actually thought that connection to each other was not the answer you were looking for. But my other answer that I was sure was the answer you were looking for <laughs> wasn't either. Because um, that the other one was, you know, to source, to something higher. Yeah. And I, I, I just like the progression of what you're sharing with us. So I'm going to flip this back on you, Danny. Sure. I have the privilege of just virtually meeting your wife in the background there as we were getting ready for the show. Yep. Like, what's an example you can give us, just like a simple example of how this plays out in your relationship with your wife? So Anna and I talk about stuff like this all the time. We're very open with each other. And um, there are times when both of us don't believe in ourselves. When both of us, situations happen to us, things come up where um, I lose faith in myself. I, I... I, for a lot of years, I was sort of the great white knight who rode in on my horse and made everything okay until something happened in my life where uh, I got devastated and I lost that belief in myself. In my book, I call it the, the pothole that the road worker fixes because he talks about this place where every road, no matter how beautiful, no matter how tree-lined, no matter how exquisite, no matter how windy or straight, every road eventually develops a pothole. And for a road worker, a pothole is the easiest thing in the world to fix. He just goes, he he chips it away, he he makes it makes it flat, he pours concrete in, levels it off, repaints it, and the road's as good as new. But what he does is he watches the way different people come to the pothole. And one person sees the pothole in advance and drives around it and goes on as if the pothole was never there. And it was never there because he went right around it. Another person drives into the pothole and um, his whole front end of his car is demolished, but he doesn't admit that to anybody and just drives on as if nothing happened. Never admitting that he, the whole front end of his car is damaged, but everybody else sees it. The third guy drives into the pothole realizes his front end is dem demolished, goes to the shop and fix it, it's, and it's almost as good as new. But none of those three really interest the road worker as much as the fourth one. The fourth one drives into the pothole and gets stuck in there. And he forgets that the road he's taken is glorious and beautiful with all the twists and turns that life has to offer. And he doesn't realize that two inches on the other side of the pothole is a more glorious, fabulous road that's going to take him to his destiny. And he just gets caught in that pothole. And that's the one that interests him the most. And so 
the place where it shows up for me and my wife is when we get stuck in that pothole. When I suddenly forget who I am, when I suddenly forget to connect to myself, when I suddenly forget that source is what's, is what's behind everything that I'm doing, when I suddenly forget the purpose of why I'm here, and I just get caught up in my own self-indulging thoughts. And those self-indulging thoughts just keep limiting me and I keep driving back and forth in that pothole going forward and backward, making the pothole deeper but never getting out. Does this make sense? Um, freakishly so. Uh, <laughs> okay. And here's why I say that, Danny. So <laughs> this is so weird that this showed up and that you use that analogy. Years and years ago, I was shortly out of college. I was in Chicago and I was a Saturday morning and I'm heading to a business meeting I was attending. And I drive into this intersection, great big busy intersection, and I hit this pothole seriously hit this pothole and the tie rod on my car breaks and my front tire literally folds under my car wow and so it's not going anywhere and i'm wow. just like okay i'm smack dab in the middle of a busy intersection what do i do like can i even get out of the car safely but i do i get out of the car i realize there's no way i'm moving this thing i start to walk to the corner as i'm exiting the you know like just stepping out of the the intersection up onto the curb a tow truck runs by and goes, need a tow? Wow. So I'm like, uh-huh. And he goes, okay, I'll get it. I walk past the sidewalk over to the, the little strip mall, and there's an Enterprise car rental right there. So What's I go in and rent up? a car. He gets my car out of the intersection, comes over. As soon as I'm done getting a new car to go to my event, he's like, where do you want me to take it? I tell him. And I literally was on time for my event, even with all that happening. Wow. Now, the reason I mention that is you're coming about two inches on the other side of the pothole. It's a beautiful street. Yep. Yeah. And that's literally what I experienced was like the pothole didn't stop me. Now, in the moment, yeah. I thought I was toast. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to miss this thing. I, this is, what am I going to do? I got to get, you know, repair my car, et cetera, et cetera. And that would have been what you described to going back and forth in the pothole, making it bigger. Yep. But something, I have no idea what it was, just compelled me to go, well, get out of the car. You can't do anything here. And everything else lined up. And I, I can still, in my mind, see this guy turning the corner. I'm like, are you kidding me? An empty yeah. tow truck just pulled around the corner. Yeah. That's yeah. what we would call magic, but it's not. Well, but it is. I mean, it, it, it is also the beautiful magic of everyday life. Yes. And... Uh, as one who has spent a lot of time in that pothole, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, working my best to try and get out, um, how liberating to know that you just got out of the car, walked to the corner, a tow truck came, took your car easily out of the pothole, mm -hmm. and you got a car to go to your business. And that, that's really how life is. But we have our choice of do we stay in the pothole and just that becomes our reality or do we walk out not knowing what our reality is but being open to the chances that happen. And in relationship all too often with, with my wife, with my work, with my anything, all too often I get myself caught in that pothole when just around the corner is, a, is an enterprise rental car mm -hmm. and just around the turn is a tow truck that can get me to safety. 
and it's so I'm, I'm so thankful for you sharing that adaptation of the story or addition to the story mm-hmm. because it makes the point so blatantly clear and it really comes down to what we see a lot for me of the mosaic is a is a non-threatening story about the most threatening question you could ever ask mm-hmm. and the non-threatening story is easy it's enjoyable it's pleasant to read it's a, it's it includes a road worker working on a pothole but the most threatening question we could ever ask ourselves is what happens to the main character when he realizes the people he meets are not who he thought they were. Well, and, and just to be really clear here, Danny, I've spent lots of time in lots of potholes. <laughs> That's why yeah, I remember no, that story I, so well, because it's like, I have no idea what possessed me. But that just, like you said, it illustrated what's possible if you don't t- take up residency in the pothole. Yeah. And, and I would bet most of us have spent a lot of time in the potholes. Oh, yeah. Um, and there, some of us may not want to admit it. So let me but let me ask you this. For you, what's what's that guiding principle? What's that touchstone that, that helps you get back on track in partnerships when you have hit a pothole? The touchstone for me is this simple maxim, a simple saying. The connected we're happy, disconnected we suffer. When I what I realize is when I'm connected to self, source, purpose, and others, I have way more ability than just my own limited ability when I'm just connected to myself. And when I go into a pothole, when I remember that it's that pothole either separates me or disconnects me from my reality or can be the vehicle to connect me to my reality, then everything changes. And, and, you know, I, I love that because it's it's exactly what we talked about here regarding partnership is there's there's a different level you can get to. Right. There's so far we can go on our own. But once we connect and in your case with the different areas, right, self, source and so on, then we just keep raising that what's what's possible, what's available. And, and Ken, let me let me see if I can take it. Let me see if I can take it another step with you, if I can. Yeah, There's a practice that goes along with each one of these connections. And the practice of connecting to self is to be kind to myself. And what I realized is if you and I were walking on a walk and you fell down, I would lay down next to you. I would make sure you're okay. I would sit with you there as long as you needed me to sit there with you. And when you were ready to get up, I would help you get up. I would hold on to you for the, for a couple of steps. And then I would let you go and watch you for another 20 steps. Because I would want to make sure you're okay. But if you and I were walking and I fell down, 80% of the time I would say, you, you, you clumsy son of a gun. What's wrong with you? You can't even walk without tripping. And so I started to wonder, why would I be so kind and generous to you and so hard on myself? And I realized 
that's what happens when we're not kind to ourselves. We literally have one hand, if you would imagine, extend out your right hand and make a fist. And with your left hand, come and protect your face. And with your right hand, try and hit yourself in the face, but protect yourself. That's how close my wall is up when I'm not kind to myself, because I'm constantly defending myself from my own attack. And so the wall that's around me, I, don't, I can't see anything. I don't let anything in. I don't let anything out. And how do we have relationship with other when when we can't when we're in that place? Mm. It's a protected, guarded, painful relationship. But when I'm kind to myself, I can drop that wall down, and I can allow myself to experience things. And when I when that wall comes down, suddenly. I'm, I allow myself to do practice number two, which has become vulnerable, which is connecting to source. I see that there's another connection that can help me, that can guide me, that can protect me, that can show me something that I haven't seen before. And when I connect to that source, I'm open and I'm wide open. And that makes for life an easy life, a good life. Uh, not necessarily easy. It can ask me to do things that are really hard. But it's a, it's a power-connected source. And from that, when open to that, suddenly I start to do what I came here to do. I live my purpose. And I know my purpose. And when I know my purpose, the connections I make now are, are kind to myself and vulnerable and connected to purpose, which allow me to connect to others from a place of really building my mosaic, really building everything about me, about who I am as a, as, as a partner, as a connection as a as a mosaic which is which is every piece is important does that make sense absolutely and you know what it made me think of danny is so let's say for example let's say that um let's say i i felt like i, I had connection to my purpose but then i quit being kind to myself and i lost connection with self yeah how does that affect the other connections? So when you feel, oh, go ahead. Are you going to answer? That's No, I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So when you feel connected to your purpose, but you no longer, but you're hard on yourself. And every time you try to, every time you go to live that purpose, you knock yourself down. How connected to your purpose can you actually be? Hmm. Because you sabotage, and that's what happens. We sabotage ourselves at every turn mm -hmm. because we don't trust ourselves. We, we start to think, oh, no, this will never happen. I can never do that. I'm, I'm talking about building a worldwide movement where we end vertical relationships of authority and we become mosaic relationships where every voice matters. And you know how many times I say, well, who in the world are you to do that? You can't do that. How would you be able to do that? because I lose connection to myself. I, I, that I'm not good enough comes in and starts beating me up and starts knocking me down. But there's a, there is a connection to source that is asking me to do something that's way bigger than me. And what I like to say is, you're 100% right, I am not good enough. But when I'm connected to source, source is good enough to do everything. Mm. And so I have to get out of the way when I'm not good enough and let source come in because I can do everything. Nice. 
Yeah, this is this is so relevant to to you know everything here on the show because clearly this is where we get separations of any type in partnership, whether it be business, you know, family, romantic, you name it. And as you talk about in your in your steps there, the connection to others isn't available until those other connections exist. Well, it is available. I want to. I want to. Oh. It is available. It's just not available at the best. Like you can play at a level three uh, and have connection, but imagine when you play at a level ten connection. Yeah. So it's compromised. Right. So it, it just it just is limited by the limitations we put on it by not showing up fully. Got it. Got it. Very very cool. I mean, we have tons of connections that are not good connections that keep us from being connected to things that are much better for us. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be able to disconnect from those things, which is really hard. Because when you're in a mosaic, your piece is now surrounded by all, first of all, you're connected to pieces all around you and you're surrounded by pieces all around you. Mm -hmm. So now to try and disconnect from that takes a massive amount of energy because there's people that have built their lives on you. And so having the courage to walk away, to disconnect, but to disconnect purposefully because you want to make new connections that are right is, is what's heroic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, it's, it's not the, you know, just running away kind of disconnection. It's actually I'm, I'm upping the game and this may have served me before. But now it's not serving me the way it needs to to go to the next level. So I need to get the connections that serve that. And how many times in relationships with partners does that happen? One person grows and another person says, this isn't what I signed on for. I thought you were going to be this person. You've now changed. And the other person says, yeah, but I thought you were going to change with me. Right. <laughs> but it, it's it's not it's not fair to either of them. Because you you marry somebody with the thought that they're going to be the same. You know, they have the funny joke when I was in seminary. They had the funny joke that a man marries a woman hoping she'll never change. And a woman marries a man thinking how much she can change him. And I know that's a little sexist, but it sort of comes to the point a little bit. Forget about sexes. One partner always thinks, how can I change you? The other person hopes you'll never change. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter male or female. That's not the that's not the driving force. The driving force is what would happen if we lived in a world where nobody needed to be fixed, where nobody needed to be changed, mm -hmm. where, where one of the shortcomings that I have, because I have been doing this a long time, is when my wife and I stop being lovers and she starts to become my coaching client. And I try and how do I how do I help her? How do I how do I fix her? How do I give her things that will help her become more of what she wants to be? That's a surefire formula for disaster. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is because we want to contribute, but it's not it's not contributing uh, of who they are and as equals. And yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge thing. So do me a favor, Danny, because I, I want to I want to make sure we give some some like really bite sized nuggets people can take with them. And if you had to bo boil it all down to one one piece of advice, like what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice that you've actually ever received? 
Mm. It's going to sound so overly simple. Good. Um, speak without anger and listen without judgment. I find that most of our problems come because we don't listen to each other. And if you could humor me for a moment, I have a, the privilege of having a 28-year-old developmentally delayed daughter. And my daughter can't speak like we speak. She just can't do it. Her words are not there. She doesn't have the mental capacity to do it. But because her speech is delayed and because her speech is less than, what happens is her other senses get heightened. So she has this amazing ability to be able to put a thought into my mind. And a lot of times I hear it, but sometimes I don't. And when I'm trying to understand what she's saying and I can't get it telepathically, I'll say to her, will you please, will you please try and use your words? And she'll use her words. And, I, and most times I get it, but sometimes I don't. And on the times that I don't get it, I say, I can't understand. Will you try and say it another way? And she'll try and scream it or yell it loud because she thinks it's, I just don't hear her. But when she says it loud, it isn't the, the volume that it's, that's affecting it, it's the clarity. And so when she doesn't, when I don't get it then, she throws a tantrum. And if I don't get it after she throws a tantrum, then what happens is she'll come running at me and try and rip my shirt or bite me. And I thought, that's not a blessing. For a long time, I thought, gosh, what a hell of a world I'm living in until I realized what a blessing it was. Because I realized that every single person I know, even though they're a little more concerned with how they come across to the world, does exactly that same formula. If they speak and, they don't, and nobody listens to them, they scream. If they scream and nobody listens to them, they create a scene. If they create a scene and nobody listens to them, they try and destroy something. And I don't care if it's in the relationship with my wife or the relationship of countries to countries or if it's in the relationship of terrorists to non-terrorists, the formula remains. So if we could learn to just speak without anger and listen without judgment, I think the world would change almost overnight. Absolutely. Absolutely. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to ask you one more question and then I'm, I'm going to have you uh, share with our listeners how they can find out more about you and, 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 and the book that's coming out and so on. But other than the mosaic, other than the book you've got coming out, what's the resource? What's the book that you'd recommend to our listeners regarding partnership and why that particular one? Hmm. There, are, there are a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I would recommend The Four Agreements because it's just so simple. I would recommend Siddhartha because it's so true. I would recommend Jonathan Livingston Siegel because it's just okay to be different. I would recommend... Um, books by Gay Hendricks. I mean, there are so many books that speak so eloquently, but 
the book that I would really recommend people read more than any book that's written is the book that's inside them that they have yet to look at. I think when we stop looking outside for information and start to come inside and hear and listen, that same thing that I talk about, speak without anger and listen without judgment, we need to do the same thing to the inner voice that happens within us. We are being told so many things. We're being so much, so much guidance is being shared with us in the way the wind blows through the trees and the way our soul resonates to certain things. We're being given so much input, but we just believe it has to be a certain way. Or if it doesn't come from something outside of us, it's not valid. I would say, put away the things from outside of yourself for a, little, for a few minutes and sit and find who, who we are, who you are as a person. Who are you? What excites you? What gets you passionate? What makes you angry? What do you love doing? What do you want someone to do for you? What would you, what would you, what would thrill you if you could do it for somebody else? Ask the questions that you don't ever ask and see what the answers are from within you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I'm sure I'm not the only one whose mind is kind of blown right now, <laughs> which is fabulous. So let's do what we were just talking about. Can you let our listeners know how they can contact you, how they can learn more about what you do in the book? The book is, the book is called The Mosaic. It's available on Amazon. Um, I would love for people to get the book because obviously I'd like to sell the book, but that's, that's the least important reason. What I'm really hoping the book does is it starts to create a movement where people start to ask themselves, what would I see if I could see what I don't see? We all see what we see. We built silos around it. We have like-minded communities that support us in believing just what we believe. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna disrupt that whole thought because I've lived in like-minded communities most of my life. To me, it's the most destructive force on the planet. Because like-minded communities get strength in what people and what we believe together and and repel all the other people who don't think like us. They're all they're suddenly outside of our silo. And the world that we need to live in is a world where we come together in open fields, not silos, where we interact with each other, where like and unlike minds come together and play. And we're going to be creating my I'm, I'm redoing my website at this moment. The website is, is either going to be danielbrucelevin.com or the mosaiconline.com. I, I still don't know which one of them I'm going to use. Okay. Okay. But Daniel Bruce Levin, at least right now, is up. It's not what I want it to be. But the idea is we want to create something called the Dollar a Month Club where we hold the space for people to be able to come and do exactly what I'm talking about. To have real dialogue, where people listen without judgment and speak without anger. If you look in the world, even the best of movements today, like I'm a big Me Too movement fan. I love the fact that women are, being, are standing up and saying, it's time for us to be treated as equals. It's time for us not to be sexually harassed. But if you look at it, 
at the seat of it is a lot of anger. And rightly so, perhaps, because people, women have been mistreated. But anger begets anger. It doesn't beget peace. And it may create enough of an earthquake that we stop and we listen and we respond. But earthquakes don't bring peace either. Earthquake brings disruption. And so how do we create a peaceful place where we love one another, where we don't take sides, where there are no sides, there's only center? That's the place that I would like to create because if you think about a mosaic, the mosaic, it doesn't matter how shiny you are or dull. It doesn't matter how big you are or small. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter if you're broken or whole. When you put every piece into the mosaic, the artistry becomes greater because of each piece that's in it. That's the new world that we're going into, not one of vertical relationships where authority figures tell us what to think, but one where every voice is important and together every voice helps us to sing a choir of music that is so much richer and fuller than one single voice singing on its own. You can tell I could go on forever, so I'm just shutting <laughs> No, absolutely beautiful, Danny. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And whatever you end up coming up with your website, just let us know and we'll update that on your show page. So as our listeners know, you probably didn't write down notes because you're doing something else right now. So just go to the show page, speaking of partnership, type in Danny, and it'll go straight to his his uh, show page, and you'll see the links so you can access his information and, and the website and everything right there. So it'll be super easy for you folks. Well, Danny, thank you so much for your stories, your insights. Absolutely incredible. Like I said, I, I, my mind's blown. I, I've learned a ton, and I'll be chewing on this for a while. I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you for your beautifully open heart and the work that you're doing that's helping so many people, Ken. I really appreciate the opportunity to sit with you here. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.